Friday of December, and welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and today, Open Line Friday, sometimes I really go off topic, and boy, we're going to go on some really interesting trails today. So hang on, buckle in, and get ready. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, I'm Ray Berninger. I'm a senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is episode number 266 for Friday, first one of December, one of my favorite months of the year. I hope yours too. Friday, December 3rd, 2021. And so it was the start of one of those Fridays. I got up uh, after a wonderful, delightful sleep last night, slept in, and let my alarm clock essentially take a rest. And with that, I woke up at about 8.30 this morning after a great sleep and wandered downstairs, turned on the coffee machine, and watched some snowflakes fall and checked radar almost immediately thereafter and saw two little bands of snow, one of them in central Ohio, which one of our computer models did in fact pick up yesterday. And the one to the north, the one that was cutting across uh, Geauga County for a little while, was enough to decorate the sky, but really not much else. It, It wasn't heavy enough to accumulate but it was definitely in the air. And so it almost had that pre-Christmas feel, if you will, as we head into the home stretch of the Christmas period. And we are now officially in the month which houses the shortest day of the year. That's in a couple of weeks. And some of the cloudiest air, at least here in Northeast Ohio, for those of you unaware, If you live in another part of the USA, or perhaps you are one of our international listeners, here in Northeast Ohio, which is in the lower Great Lakes states, just look for the state of Ohio, we see very, very cloudy conditions in the winter. And the reason for that is, in fact, the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes offers an awful lot of moisture in the atmosphere, which condenses in the air to heavy cloud cover. And uh, that essentially masks the sunshine a lot. It's one of the cloudiest periods of the year, essentially now and January before that turns the corner. But conversely, and Dick Goddard, uh, who is no longer with us, but uh, he offered us so much in the way of weather wisdom 
over the years. And uh, I hope he realizes just how much of the things that he invested in us is still paying dividends for our viewers at WJW Television in the sense that a lot of his wisdom we are essentially passing on and potentially to a brand new audience, especially for the young people out there who enjoy meteorology. Anyway, he would frequently tell us that it is conversely opposite in the summer for the same reasons that it is flipped over in the winter. In other words, we are cloudy here because of the Great Lakes in the winter. But in the summer, it is the Great Lakes that stabilize our atmosphere to the point where we have more sunshine here in Northeast Ohio in the summer than they do in Honolulu, Hawaii. And at first, I didn't believe him, but I checked all of the stats and I checked his work. And he indeed is spot on. We are indeed more sunny in June, July, and August than they are in Honolulu, Hawaii. How about that? So there's no reason to go to the Hawaiian Islands, at least in the summertime. Now, in the wintertime, it's a completely different uh, story. Uh, You would uh, do well if you're looking for a little natural vitamin D to head to a place, at least for a vacation, where there's a little more in the way of sunshine. And just about anywhere in the USA, spare a few other places, uh, that you will probably get a little bit more, including even just a drive to the south, to Columbus, or to Cincinnati, or even to Parkersburg, Marietta, which is less than two hours drive to the south on Interstate 77. So there you have it, a little bit of uh, weather wisdom from Dick Goddard to you. Now, before we take a break, and before I offer something kind of different, uh, and I'm always looking for something different, I was almost caught in a place where I didn't know what I wanted to share today. But before we do that, I wanted to mention one thing before we take a break, and then I've got a couple of other things on the other side of the break that hopefully will keep your interest. But this morning, for the second consecutive Friday, Music Radio Creative in the UK, a place which, by the way, does a lot of our stingers right after the music open, but before the music bed for the monologue. Anyway, they've been on a break for the last couple of weeks because they were unfortunately stricken by COVID in their family. And they're just getting their voices back. And for the second week in a row, they had to cancel Free Jingle Friday, something I really enjoy listening to every Friday. They do it at 1 p.m. British time, which for us is 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And at any rate, they're still in the process of getting their voices back. They did mention both Mike and Isabella Russell, the hosts and the purveyors of Music Radio Creative in the UK. They mentioned that they're much, much better. They're doing well. They're recovering, but their voices are still not quite 100%. And it would be quite a taxing situation to sit and do a 90-minute live YouTube program. So instead, what I did is I went and did a search 
on Music Radio Creative's YouTube channel for one of the earliest Free Jingle Friday segments that uh, was done. And I found one that was uh, well over three years old. I'm going to say it was 2019. It was November 2019, about three plus years ago. Sat down and watched uh, one of the first Free Jingle Friday uh, programs, which is archived on YouTube. And and really enjoyed it because, first of all, the technology is three years old. Their studio was three years old. And uh, yet it was very, very endearing. You could see the development that went on. And when you compare it to the Free Jingle Fridays of today, really, really amazing uh, that we have advanced so much technologically, even in that three-year period. So those of you that are interested, I am going to provide a link on episode number 266 of weatherjazz.com. If you would like to see that free jingle Friday from three plus years ago from Music Radio Creative in the UK. All right, we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, I'm going to look at the top five evergreen types that are preferred for live Christmas trees. It's a fascinating, fascinating list along with a list of the reasons why they fall in the top five. And I'll keep you in suspense with one other item. I have it in my hands right here. Came across that in my archive. As I mentioned, I'm doing some cleaning up. It's a letter. The letter is dated the 13th of January, 1981. So essentially, this letter is over 40 years old. And I'm going to read it to you after the break. Okay, we are back and we're talking right now anyway about evergreens, the kind that we cut down, bring down into the house. They're frequently aromatic, not all of them, but many varieties are very aromatic, fill the house with the fragrance of of pine. At this time of year, it's uh, something that brings back lots and lots of memories. And there are five pines that are in the top five of those that are used for Christmas trees in the house. And so I found this list on the internet this morning, and I thought this is very, very interesting. So cue the music, please, as we enjoy a little Christmas background music. And uh, here we go. The, the top five Christmas tree varieties that are used in the home. Number five, the balsam fir is the fifth most popular. Why? Because it is very durable and it is very fragrant. Number four, the Douglas fir. And by by the way, the, the top five, four, and three position are all fir trees. So number four is the Douglas fir. Why? It says that it has very soft needles and it tends to be very good for big rooms. So if you have a big foyer or some place that has a very, very tall ceiling, 
These trees, the Douglas firs, are the ones preferred because of their shape, their durability, the soft needles, and the fact that they tend to be a little bit larger than a lot of the Christmas trees that are out there. Number three, the Fraser fir. And the reason people like the Fraser fir is because, number one, it's very fragrant. It's one of those very fragrant varieties. And number two, it tends to hold ornaments well. In other words, if you have some of the heavier ornaments, the branches on the Fraser fir are a little more sturdy. And so they can withstand a little more weight of the lights, of the heavier ornaments, etc. The Fraser fir is number three. In the number two position, the Scotch pine. And a couple of reasons why people enjoy the Scotch pine. Two reasons. Number one, they have little or no shedding of the needles. Even when the tree begins to get a little dry, it's always a good idea to put these live trees in a base where you have some water, uh, where the water can make it up into the trunk and it prevents the tree from drying out too quickly. And that's something that you really have to be careful for, especially if you use the regular traditional uh, Christmas lights that tend to heat up. Now, anymore, the LEDs stay very, very cool. So that would be a good thing to use in a live Christmas tree. But uh, at any rate, you still want it to preserve it. And in order to preserve it for the longest period of time, you make sure that you have uh, water in that basin. You check that water on a regular basis so that it doesn't dry out. So again, little or no shedding. Uh, would be the number one reason for the Scotch Pines popularity. And the most popular Christmas tree, according to this particular survey that was done, and it looks relatively extensive, uh, so I do trust it. Number one, the Colorado Blue Spruce. And it is because of, number one, the blue hue to the overall look or the coloration of the tree. Number two is that it had little or no shedding, very similar to the Scotch pine. And the number one reason for the Colorado blue spruce, it holds ornaments well. So it has several of these that run in the positive that others have, but the Colorado blue spruce has all three uh, in the sense that it holds the ornaments well. There's little or no shedding, even if it tends to dry out. And it has that blue hue that none of the other Christmas trees or pine tree types have. So there you have it, the top five. I thought that that was very, very interesting. I mentioned to you before the break, uh, I have something in my hands. <laughs> and, there, and there it is. It's literally a physical piece of paper. It's a letter. And it, it's in my box of archives. And I am going to digitally preserve this. Apparently, this is one of the letters that my parents saved from me when I was going to college. I was a senior in college. The date on this letter is the 13th of January, 1981. So this letter is literally over 40 years old. It's almost 41 years old. 
And so I'm going to give you a little peek into my world as I was going through it 41, almost 41 years ago at Linden State College in Northeastern Vermont in Lindenville. And here we go. Uh, Tuesday, January 13th, 1981. Dear everyone, my trip up was pretty cold, but short. I'll stop there to just say that what trip was I talking about? It was my trip back to Linden State College from my Christmas break that particular year. Okay, so let me continue on. We got in shortly before 2 p.m., and the temperature was a frigid 12 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. This morning tops the cake, though, because our low this morning was 26 below zero. Everybody is talking about the cold. We got my room unpacked, then Sally's, and we're both still in the process of getting straightened out. It'll take a few days to get settled in. Today is the first day of classes for me. My first class starts in an hour or so, and I only have one class per day. The rest is independent study in weather and television with Link TV. Here's my schedule below if you want to get in touch with me in an emergency. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., General Meteorology. Tuesday and Thursday, 1 p.m. to 2.15 p.m., Sociology. Then my TV schedule goes like this. Monday, I do the 6 p.m. news. On Wednesday, the noon weather segments. And on Friday, I also do the weather segments for our noon news broadcast. My extension, if you want to reach me, is 313 at the college number, of course. I hope you have all the information you wanted. By the way, I got my bill paid off on Sunday afternoon to avoid the lines on Monday. And let me tell you, those lines were huge. Oh, did you find my house slippers somewhere in the house? I knew I'd forget something, and I really missed them. So, if you possibly could, would you send them up if you happen to get the chance to? Well, I guess that's just about it for now. Don't worry, I am eating well. See you later, and do write. P.S. I'll likely be able to write a little more than last semester. And there you have a letter that is over 40 years old, almost 41. And interesting to note, I was just recently thinking, what was I doing exactly 40 years ago this week? And I was starting my first job. I had started my first job uh, in May of 1981. And by December, I was certainly well into it and enjoying my first Iowa winter at WMT-TV Channel 2 in Cedar Rapids, which, by the way, the call letters have since changed. In fact, they changed while I was still there over to KGAN-TV Channel 2. And they're still, to this day, KGAN-TV Channel 2. And I believe on their website, you can actually watch their newscast from anywhere in the world, just like a lot of TV stations nowadays. Boy, technology has really, really changed, even in the last few years, to the point where so many of the local TV stations now have, have their local news available 
uh, on their website. You can watch them by simply clicking a button. Fabulous stuff. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's really interesting, quirky, and eclectic episode of Weather Jazz. Lots of interesting things, or at least I hope I made them interesting. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence. Social media, email, over the fence, direct eyeball to eyeball, especially if you know of someone that would really enjoy hearing about whatever it is I'm talking about on a particular episode. And if that rings a bell in particular with what I talked about in this episode, make sure you pass along this episode number 266 with your recommendation for someone to tune into Weather Jazz. And of course, you can do that on any podcast app. Search for Weather Jazz, one word, or simply go to weatherjazz.com. And you can listen right on a web browser on your local computer. Special thanks to all of you who continue to partner to support Weather Jazz. It means a lot to me. Thank you, Victoria Singer in Vermont, Kian Galunas in Vermont. Dale Osborne in Ohio, Will and Tonya Kraus and family in Ohio, Christine Barnes in Ohio, Rose Moore, Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, Andrea Rich in Tennessee. And if you'd like to add your name to that list, it's easy. All you have to do is click on the support tab at weatherjazz.com. All of the information about how to become a show supporter is up there on the website. And remember, if you have a question, a topic suggestion, or you just want to drop by and say hello, I welcome your email or your voicemail. Email, you can reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com or via voicemail. That's my preferred method. Call the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line with your topic suggestion, with your question, or simply to say hello and tell me how it is you listen to Weather Jazz. My number? 234-525-5888. And you can get all of that information by clicking on the Contacts tab at the top of the website, weatherjazz.com. Well, my schedule gets a little quirky this week. Actually, after Friday, I generally would have been scheduled for an almost one-week vacation, but I'll continue to produce weather jazz segments as I'm able to next week. So look for that. Uh, But uh, as is frequently the case, sometimes things get kind of jostled around, moved around because of uh, scheduling conflicts, etc. So on Sunday morning, I'm actually going to make uh, an appearance on Fox 8 News Sunday morning between 7 and 10 a.m. Look for me then. But aside from that, I will be off for almost one week. I will be back on air next Friday for one day before taking another longer break. It is the month that I take a lot of time off, and I do enjoy it at this time of year without a doubt. But I will be there Friday night at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. And again, Sunday morning between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m., just in case you want to click on the live tab at weatherjazz.com and tune in. Have a good weekend, everybody, and stay well. Weather could get interesting, as it always does in the wintertime. And, of course, we'll have all the details of the developing winter pattern as we go deeper and deeper into December, right here on Weather Jazz on the Monday 
episode. So tune in then, and we'll catch you on Monday. Weather and science across the globe. Just